welcome back to another episode of Cinema Claire, everybody. I'm Jared. And I'm Erica. And today I'm feeling I'm feeling a little cozy. I'm feeling pretty cozy. Had a nice little weekend watching movies in bed on the couch. Had some tea. Had some nice uh, homemade pizza. I'm feeling pretty cozy. What about you, Erica? Yeah, I'm feeling feeling good. I feel like not as cozy. It's like kind of drafty in my apartment. Not specifically my closet. It's dusty in here, but yeah, I feel I feel good. I feel like I got a lot of things done this weekend. Um, so I feel cozy um, with relief that I don't have like three piles of laundry to do tomorrow. Yeah, the weather's changing. Things are getting cooler, colder. The jackets are coming out. The flannels are coming out. The soup recipes are getting cooking. It's fall season, as they say. As they say. As they, they, they do say. There's sayings. There's ruminations. There's things. Is the saying, oh, look, it's fall? Oh, look, it's fall. Yes. Don't you know that? <laughs> That's the saying. Okay. I love that. Cool. Well, we have a nice little short episode today. We got, yeah, minisode, as they call them, as the saying goes. And we have a nice little new Netflix film, as well as the season finale of Lovecraft Country, which I cannot wait to talk about for many reasons. Uh, But yeah, Erica, what was the movie we watched this week? So this week, Jared and I watched this new Netflix film called Vampires vs. the Bronx, uh, and it tells the story of the ever-changing neighborhood of the Bronx, um, you know, possibly not in the best way. Uh, the youth of the neighborhood are noticing that there's a lot of intense and very fast gentrification happening um, in ways where there's, like, super hipster coffee bean cafes and their local bodega is being threatened uh to be what is the word like repossessed like re i mean not even repossessed because that would mean possessed taken it's like it's just like being taken yeah just being taken (laughs) and the kids notice something fishy um they notice that the new occupants these you know mysterious no-face gentrifiers all seem to be uh acquired under a singular real estate company called the Murnau company um and it seems odd that uh there is no face to this company they're not seeing anyone kind of possess these buildings uh and take them away from the locals who have been living there uh but they slowly notice that like the offices like some odd things like the offices are kind of boarded up and, you know, they're, the windows are blacked out. And so are the buildings that are being taken uh, over that they're being, you know, completely blacked out. And they kind of investigate further to find out that the Renault company is just this <laughs> thinly veiled attempt to house vampires all over the neighborhood. Uh, and it's a funny horror film i you know i wouldn't take it too seriously it like i said follows a young group of kids so uh it's always fun watching the youths uh talk 
and say words that I, I feel old Googling. Um, yeah, what do you think, Jared? What did you think about the movie? Yeah, you know, this was a interesting movie because I actually recently just watched uh, Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy and also as well many other vampire movies uh, recently this month. And we'll talk about, you know, Erica and I's journey into the horror genre this month and all the fun spooky flicks we've been watching but this was an interesting you know new slightly fresh take on the vampire movie and the urban horror movie that to me uh yeah you know it it was a fun and enjoyable little film you know I I could definitely see being you know 10 or 12 you know like growing up with this movie and like really loving it and i feel it actually if anything it reminded me more of other like ya like family vampire movies that i grew up on a little vampire is the one i'm thinking about right now specifically but yeah it's like is an early introduction to the horror movie and the vampire movie um small easter eggs such as the title of the gentrifying business being Murnau, which is the director of Nosferatu to you know much larger just sort of vampire lore um keystones such as you know i mean the obvious the garlic and the can't enter the house and things like that um yeah i i you know i had fun watching this yeah i i did too and you know i think in many ways this is a very, like, it is a modern day film. It's, you know, as much as it is uh, a comedy, it is also like a commentary on gentrification. Um, it's a commentary about colonization, you know? Like, the these new gentrifying bodies or beings are, like, pasty white vampires, you know? And not to mention that there isn't, like, a single brown vampire that I think I saw in uh, that film, but that's okay. I mean, that's not okay, but, you know, I just wanted to point that out. So, you know, I feel like that really gets the message across um, of this, like, anti-gentrification theme message. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, I really just enjoyed it uh, because it was kind of... It was funny... I remember going onto Letterboxd and just because I, Jared has ruined this for me now. So like everything I am about to watch, I go read the reviews on Letterboxd, which I must say has not stopped me from watching the movie, but, um, is very good at, at like, like a preconceived notion before I watch something, which is bad, I think. But anyways, I digress. I, I read on Letterboxd, and I love, like, this one-liner. Oh, my God. Wait. It would be much, much better if I could pull it up. But literally this one-liner of someone's review was, like, she dot, dot, dot. She threw a Tim at him. And it was just, like, moments like that where literally one of, like, the young teens, like, takes off her Tims and, like, throws it at the vampire. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, like, it's good comedy. And it's good comedy in the midst of, like, a very scary month. Um, as Jared mentioned earlier, uh, Cinema Club, in case anyone listening now hasn't noticed, are, like, spammy posting every day. Uh, Jared and I have been watching a lot of horror films this month. Uh, it was, like, a nice break 
in a lot of gore that I had been like really just throwing at my throwing myself into. Um, so it was like nice and refreshing. It was fun. It was colorful. And for, I, I would say it's a good film for people who don't like horror movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I know. I, I kind of caught that. So actually I was catching that this afternoon. I watched two Japanese films, one from ni- the nineties and then another one from the sixties. Um, so, you know, different sort of styles and tones of horror, but definitely with that sort of tension and anxiety throughout the entire thing. And I, like, caught myself, like, being really, sc- not even scared, but just, like, really anxious, where I was like, oh, God, I, like, I don't know if I can do it, you know? Um, which I love about horror movies is it, you know, can physically uh, cause a reaction, which I think is something really interesting and special about film. Um, but this, yeah, this, you know, does have, you know, some elements and some little spices of, uh, you know, some violence and gore and, you know, usual vampire things, but it's, yeah, I definitely say, yeah, if you're not super keen on like the horror film or super keen on like the violence and stuff, this could be a nice little entry into that. On the topic of other horror films, uh, Jared and I have been watching a horror film for every day of the month of October, which is a lot of horror films. Um, but luckily I'm pretty sure that horror is probably like one of my favorites and probably your favorite, Jared. Um, but I will say that I think I like burnt myself out like earlier this month in gore. Um, so I've been watching a lot of unconventional horror, which I think aren't might not always be considered horror. So I think I ask you. Are you about what... to ask me what is horror? Yes, but like, okay, so here's my thing. I watched this movie recently, and I think I might have told you about it. I watched this movie called Cresha, right? And I'm pretty sure under Letterboxd, because that's like the only thing I ever refer to now. Um, it was under horror, but it was like when upon watching it, it's it's basically a super anxiety-inducing Thanksgiving dinner, and it's a movie about that. There isn't, like, gore. There isn't violence, really. Um, It's just a lot of, like, verbal uh, uh, throws and, like, you know, a lot of mean things said to each other. But I think I consider that horror. Like, you know, afterwards I was talking to Rob about it, and he was like, I don't think that, I think that, I mean, I was looking at it, and it's like a drama. Okay, like, I, like, this is a really great question, and I actually, like, love it, because the idea of horror and, like, what horror is, to me, is really interesting. In super short, I think that there, there, there are people who like to be very strict and stringent about what is horror and what's not horror, and those people suck. They're gatekeepy, they're elitist in the horror world and in the film world, and, like, they have no right to like claim and say what's horror and what's not because horror is very, the idea of a horror film is very subjective and personal and intimate to an individual watching it. Right. To me, horror is, can be a lot of things. You know, you, you have something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Saw or Nightmare on Elm Street. Those are all, you know, in the very traditional sense, horror films, but then you have things like 
uh, like, like Midsummer, right? Which that's not even like the right example. You have things like seven, right? Um, which has like some tropes of the horror genre because it has like, has the gore, it has like the blood and the violence and some like jump scares as well. But like a lot, you could also really claim that as just being like a crime drama. But for some people, there can be some real like anxiety inducing and horrifying moments in that. So I would say for some people, Seven is very much a horror film. For other people, it might not be. The entire idea of like genres is both really great and fantastic, but also kind of problematic in my opinion. Like genres in a way almost kind of limit us in a way of like, like Get Out, right? Like Get Out is a horror film, but also it's a black comedy, but also it's a lot of things, you know? So like, I don't know. When I talk about genre, I like, I hesitate to like use genre too much, almost like it's like a crutch. But also I understand that, you know, genre is like very important to understanding films and also if you're you know when you're making films a lot of times you use genre to help you like make decisions and directions and things horror can be whatever you want it to be yeah i think i feel like genres were created to like as a sales tactic you know also because like humans are just notorious for wanting to categorize everything um i i get it yeah like i feel like i just watched uh lords of chaos and i don't think that's considered a horror movie but i found it uh, very frightening um, because I, you know, just, I don't feel comfortable and happy. I don't feel happy watching movies about neo-Nazis. So um, especially ones that are like self-destructive and uh, murder- murderous. So, you know, maybe it is a horror film. All right. Yeah. Okay. I've talked myself into it. It is. Are you, are you having a hard time recalling all the films that you've watched? Or is it just me? Uh, Kind of. I mean, kind of. Like, yesterday I watched four... Yesterday, Well, there was one day where I watched six movies, and that was a lot. That's fair. That is a lot. But also, all of those were in the same franchise, so, like, it was kind of easy, because I was, like, cheating. It's just, like, one long movie, basically. Basically, yeah. I don't know if I have any favorites. Like, I, I feel like I can't pin down any favorites, and I feel like it's because... I rely too much on other people's reviews at this point. Like, and it's bad. This is why I don't like it. But I've been watching films that I have been, like, acclaimed to be, to have, like, positive reviews. And then it's, like, kind of, like, it's either just too, I think it's just, like, maybe it's, like, too hyped up. I watched Thelma. Almost all of the horror films that I've been watching have been made, like, within the 2000s. Um, They're, like, very modern horror because I find them for some reason easier to watch. I find them more like, I, yeah, I don't know. But I feel like a lot of them are like these psychological thrillers that I'm just like, maybe I'm not getting anything out of them. I don't know. Maybe I should like just watch like an old school slasher film. I mean, like, what's like out of what you've watched this month, like, what's the one that stuck out? Like, the first one to come to your mind of like, damn. That was good horror. Like the most, you want to know like, okay, but I don't think the ones that stick out are necessarily the best films. They're just the most memorable. You know what I mean? That's, that's fair. I mean, what does best even mean? I'm talking about what, like, what impacted you emotionally? Let me tell you the ones that I've been, what things that have been, that have resonated with me are the ones that I've been like deeply disappointed by. 
and I hate to say this because I feel like someone might hear this and like be upset. Um, number one in fabric. I was disappointed. I watched. See, I have to look. I have to look through. Daniel isn't real. I was a little disappointed in to slice. Not good, but I think everyone knew that. Um, hmm. You know what I did like? I did like Lyle uh, with Gabby Hoffman, but I think it's because I just love Gabby Hoffman and it's basically just like a refreshing gay Rosemary's Baby. Um, and it's good. I liked it. It was like, it, I feel like I was watching it and was like actually sweating. So I think that's a good thing, right? What about you? Do you have any favorites from this one? Uh, yeah, I've seen some really good ones. I really liked Possession. It was really, really good. Very creepy. Um, I also, and maybe it's just because I watched it today, but Cure, which is a Japanese horror psychological thriller from the 90s, kind of actually reminds me a lot of Seven, funny enough that I really liked. I thought that one was really good. Yeah, those were some really good ones I watched. Ooh, Dracula. Bram Stoker, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula was pretty tight. Also, Let the Right One In. Oh my god, that was amazing. I wish I had seen it sooner. I love that movie. Also a vampire movie. All right, well, Jared, should we talk about the uh, season finale of Lovecraft Country? Please. I've been waiting so long to talk about Lovecraft Country with you. It ended. It's here. The finale. Our long run of fantastic black TV shows on HBO has finally come to an end. I w- okay, I wouldn't say it's over yet, you know? For this year, our summer of black t- television has fall in, as they would say. God. <laughs> I can't take these puns. We better cut these out. <laughs> oh, we gotta keep them in. Gotta keep them in. <laughs> Fine. In fact, put um, more puns in. While I'm editing this, you I'm like edit more puns more in. More puns. Yeah. You you're like yeah. you like after we're done recording, you just record more like one liners like to mm-hmm. yourself and just like cut them in. Mm-hmm. That would be yeah. something that you would do. Yeah. It would be something that I would do. I know I'm such a dad when it comes to that. Ugh. But yes. Lovecraft Country. In a way, like, I feel like I've never felt like 10 weeks have gone by so quickly. Oh, so quick. It was so fast. What happened? Where'd it go? Where is it? I don't know. I, I, it actually, like, scares me. That's that's the true horror of the show, was like, hey, want to see how fast we can make 10 weeks go by in your life? Want to see us do it again? Come back, summer 2021, HBO Max, fourteen ninety nine a month. Guess what? Insecure's back. Oh, you didn't notice? <laughs> you had no idea that the entire season's already up? Oh, did, you had no idea? Oh, I made a show you just had its series finale? Oh. And just like that, aging is real. But yes, okay, I have thoughts. And I would like to hear your thoughts. But you go first. You have thoughts. I have thoughts. No, you go first, because I feel like you have a better No, you go first. And like your, your, your first will no. jog my memory. You have thoughts. I, I have thoughts, yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Erica, on Lovecraft Country season one finale? I'm not mad. I'm not happy. Uh, na- you know, naturally, I'm not happy. Um, I did kind of see, also like spoiler alert, I guess. Um, I did have a feeling 
that some twists were going to come and those twists came true. Um, I don't know. I, okay. I have so many questions though. Question number one, and I'm going to like go ahead and jump, right? Like jump pretty far into the episode. How is, how does Gia's character intercept like whatever power is leaving Atticus to like funnel it back into Christina. Like, you know when that happens? I was so confused. Is it painful? It looks painful. But, like, I don't understand the physics of that or, like, the magic around that. Maybe there's no physics. Maybe there's no science because it's magic. Um, question number one, that. Um, question number two. Question number two. When does Diana get this robotic arm? <laughs> Did you wonder that? Uh, no, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, her mom is, like, a future traveling superstar, so she can do anything. She is... Her mom, Hippolyta's lived, like, 70 lifetimes or something like that. She was a roaming gladiator. She traveled up in space with aliens. It makes perfect sense to me. She just, yes, she just used her fingers and went, little magic, magicness. I just wish, like, they had a little, I just wish they had a montage. They were like, oh, look, Hippolyta's, like, building a robotic arm for Diana because she's a genius. I also didn't realize that her arm wasn't going to go back to normal. I thought it was just, like, slowly healing. I didn't realize it was, like, gone, you know? But what were your thoughts? Those are my questions. My thoughts are questions. But what are your thoughts? You know, first I want to say I was right. You were wrong. George was dead the whole time. Didn't come back. I'm sorry. There might be a season two, so. Maybe. But also maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you know, I really like this series. I think this was a really fun and enjoyable and unique and fresh ride of a TV show that, in a, in a weird way, it's one of those things, like a lot of things nowadays, like, you didn't realize you needed until you had it. But once you had it, it was, like, really nice and awesome. And I'm so, like, just glad and happy that I have this now, that we have this now, that everyone has this now to watch and enjoy and speculate on and ponder. And I cannot wait for season two. I want to know, I, I just want to know, like, what direction it's going to go, if it's going to get bigger, if it's going to stay the same, if it's going to, like, switch directions, kind of what is going to happen with it. Because I think there's there's so much they can do with this. I mean, they have endless material to work on and i'm just really excited to see you know see how creative they can be I, I that's what i'm hoping for is that like they really expand themselves with a purpose right and and just try and be creative you know tell interesting new stories and do things um but in terms of the season like i really loved the progression of a lot of the different pieces of Montrose, of Letty, of Tick, of Montrose and Tick's relationship, of Letty and Tick's relationship, of, uh, you know, just all these different individuals and also relationships and families. You know, we got to see, to me, like, true character development in a way, you know, that I feel a lot of shows 
lack on at times, and I feel like the show did a lot of that in interesting ways. With magic, and time travel, and lots of fun stuff. Yeah. We'll say I, the last like three episodes really got to me. Uh, got real, real emotional when Manchos and Tick are in Tulsa, um, time traveling and like, they're like watching like the fight happen. Not even like a fight, but like they're watching Montrose and George getting beat up. I got really sad. It was really emotional. The show does a really good job, job of that, of, like, giving you some, like, just real emotion and heart through, like, the veils of genre. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I feel like the characters are really, like, fully, like, or, like, well thought out. Their arcs are well thought out. Their intentions are well thought out um, and remain, like, cohesive to and like in line to like an actual human um but like i'm really concerned on how season two will go and how it'll progress like i'm worried about like who who will be the antagonist here um because at the end of this season white people can't do magic anymore so i'm interested to know how the story will turn if uh racism isn't brought up as an issue within like the magical community you know it'll always be like a a looming like plot or conflict in the storyline but i wonder how it will be now that i'm just interested like now what like is it gonna be a magic war like is it gonna be you know so i can't wait but I still have so many questions and I know that won't be answered for another year. And that makes me really sad. I, yeah. I mean, that's really real. Is like, what is going to happen with that? And I don't know. Like, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, I don't know. It could, you know, maybe it can go into the sixties and like focus on like a lot of like real historical events and like giving a historical fiction take magical historical fiction take on a lot of those things, you know? assassinations and the Vietnam War and moon landing and all these different things is like actually this is what really happened or you know this is what happened if magic like a magical revisionist story maybe magic is real what do I fucking know yeah that's a real good question of like what is gonna happen what what will be next and I don't know I'm hopeful I feel this season was inventive and creative enough and fun enough that like they can they have the potential to do some more fun things. But also, it can be one of those things where you kind of get yourself set up and then you lose it. They also have the benefit of like working with source material, you know? This is a this is a book originally and they do have a lot of source material with Lovecraft and, you know, a lot of other like writers and fiction and sci-fi and fantasy things to draw from. So, I don't know. Do we want to talk about things we're excited for? Uh, I'm excited for next next week. <laughs> I'm not excited. I'm terrified. Why? A selection. It's not just next week. I mean, yeah, Halloween's on the four on Saturday, and then the third is that next Tuesday. Oh, I guess. Right. So it's in nine days. I guess I'm just like curious to know, like, are we gonna be in a civil war, or are we not? 
You know? That's all I want to know. Uh, what are you excited about this week? I am excited about... I feel like whenever we talk about this, mine is always, like, food-related. <laughs> um, I'm excited about something that I kind of, like, saved money and, like, got. And that was, like, a new kitchen appliance. I ordered a Dutch oven. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, And I'm super excited to have a good old seafood boil this week, this coming weekend. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to, like, christen my Dutch oven. I'm going to have, like, a seafood boil. And it's going to be, like... Maybe if I can find, like, lobster tails, clams, mussels, prawns. I'm excited for that. That's, like, the only thing that's going to keep me motivated this week. I'm really... Do you eat... Are you pescatarian? Do you eat seafood? No, not really. No. Were you going to offer to make me something? No. I mean, yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Then, no, I'm I'm not, I'm not pescatarian. <laughs> Well, I didn't offer because I thought it would be, like, insulting. You know, you'd be like, oh, my God, we talked about this, like, five times. I, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. But you were, like, but you said no. Yeah. So. Didn't want to embarrass it's myself. It's cool. But I get it. No, I can definitely have, like, endless seafood boils now. Not, like, endless, but, like, until I'm broke, you know. Which is probably, like, one and a half seafood boils. <laughs> Well, on that note, thanks again for listening to this episode of Cinema Club. Um, remember to subscribe to our Spotify and Apple podcast. Um, we can't wait to talk about the next film and, you know, really think about the next series that we'll be, like, obsessed with because I'm worried that we might not find anything else. Um, oh, we're gonna, we'll find something. We'll find something. I I hope so. We better. We'll, we'll, we'll like cling. At this point, we'll like, we're so desperate. We'll like cling to anything. Oh, I, yeah. At this point, please get me something. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks again for listening. See you next week or something like that. Bye.